Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is a podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. We have an exciting episode today focused on the Toho Project. Yeah, that is a series of games. It's a series of what they call bullet hell shoot 'em up games. Uh, I guess you could call them doujin games or, or really just indie games. Kind of before there were indie games, uh, there was the Toho Project and then eventually this series continued on so i think some people consider it an indie series but it's mostly a one-man show here today uh there's a really talented person real name of junya ota the alias of zun is responsible for pretty much everything in this series he makes the games he designs them does the art does the music a really talented dude and this is going to be an interesting episode now have we discussed the work of uh junya ota before yes i feel like we, we have we, we've discussed zune at several points in time we have a couple times on the podcast. podcast yeah i played a couple of pc 98 titles from the early entries in the series that i was really into um we talked about it then we also talked about it on our episode where we explored one man or one one human teams of games you know people that do everything kind of a toby fox uh, kind of a situation. So we talked about Zun then. Um, but this is a long overdue episode. We've been getting comments and emails so much over the years. Fans of the Toho series asking us to do an episode. And so we're glad that we finally get to do this. And I wanted to give a thanks to three members of our Discord community who actually helped put together this master playlist of like 40 to 50 tunes. And then I went through that and kind of whittled it down. I would have been totally lost if they didn't do that. So I want to thank Matsu, Kubi, and Grimkin for your help on, uh, you know, making this playlist possible. Uh, they're really big Toho fans, and I know a lot of you listening are probably big Toho fans as well. It's a really unique series. I'm excited for this episode, um, but I'm a little bit trepidatious. I think musically this isn't necessarily in our wheelhouse. I think there's a reason why we just left to our own devices wouldn't have chosen this topic. So it's going to be an interesting episode. The music is so unique. I think Zune has a very singular style of of music. It's to me it's it feels very spontaneous and almost like there's times when it sounds like the whole song is just kind of soloing or noodling around. And so it's definitely a different style than maybe most of the music we explore on this podcast. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping it leads to interesting well, I'm excited talks. to discuss. Uh, I, um, I, I'm feeling very open-minded in sort of going in pretty much blind here. Uh, I know very yeah. little about the Toho Project, so um, That's cool. hopefully this will be a fun episode. And um, it, I always enjoy kind of just like jumping in headfirst into the mm-hmm. cold water of not really knowing much about something and just getting <laughs> That's a cool. musical impression of it. And I will admit that I'm not that much ahead of you, Will. I don't know much either. So we're just going to be talking about the music on our playlist today. There are so many entries in this series. Um, the most recent entry we're focusing on today is actually 17.5. Uh, so there is a game called Toho 17.5. It's not called that. There's longer titles, but we're just using the numerical Um, titles today Uh, so there are a total of 13 titles that we're featuring at least one track from today Uh, and there's a couple titles that we're featuring more than one but and and there that's leaving out certain games like i said there's there's so many games in this series we're starting i think the earliest title we have today is toho 4 and the most recent one is 17.5 so what do you say will should we dive into some music here 
Let's do it, brother. All right, brother. So what you heard playing in, everyone, that was from Toho 16. Uh, I think it has a longer title. Again, we're just going with the numerical stuff today. That was called Secret God Matara, and that was composed by Zun, real name Junya Ota. Let's go way back in time to Toho 4, which was one of the titles that came out on the PC-98. Let's start things off with Bad Apple. Here we go. You guys are listening to Bad Apple from the fourth entry in the Toho Project series, composed by Zun. That's the case with almost everything today is going to be composed by Zun. And definitely a good way to start out this episode. This is a little preview into the sound and the energy that we're going to get today. Uh, yeah, man, Zun has a particular style of composing music. Almost everything today is very blood pumping and energetic and fun. Uh, this is great. Carl, I think this might surprise you, but I really love this. I think this is... A, That's awesome. I think this is a fantastic piece, and it highlights a lot of things that we love about video game music. It's sort of rhythmic energy, a quirky and interesting harmonic sensibility, mm-hmm. but really, like, particularly the melody and the melodic rhythms of this... It's a solid totally track. in yeah. that, you know, rock pop idiom. This reminds me of so much of the Falcom music. Part of it is that, oh, yeah. that uh, FM sound, but a big part of it is the composition. I mean, this reminds me of composers like Yuzo Koshiro and other kind of, you know, some of the classic greats, Kinyo Yamashita, Yoko Shimomura. Yeah, there's definitely a Falcom energy that I got listening to this entire series. And that was something that I loved about the titles I discovered years ago on the PC-98. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's kind of that familiar sound. But, yeah, the way that Zune puts it all together is actually pretty unique. You're hearing already on this one track, I guess we did have a play-in as well, there's so much shimmering, fast, shredding arpeggios going on here. And get used to that because that is uh, one of the characteristics, uh, musical characteristics of this series. Yeah, it's fascinating because you gave that sort of disclaimer at the beginning. And, again, I'm not familiar with most of this. I want to hold out, again, all judgment until we listen to everything. But... I mean, I really enjoyed that, dude. And I, like the things about it that were non-traditional. I think it's one of the most popular tracks in the series. Well, to me, it's just like all red is really satisfying, melodic, catchy. Like I will say, when we did our Falcom episode, and there, like, so many of the tracks didn't really have drums or good drums to them. Mm-hmm. I remember by the end of the episode, I was like, okay, this is all right, but it's all sort of samey. Um, 
I mean, maybe something like that could happen on this episode where it's like part of it well, is like. Well, when I'm you just curious hear a bunch to of... get your thoughts on the non PC98 music. There's only a couple actually PC98 tunes before I move into PC games, which have maybe a cheesier sound. So I'll be curious mm. to get your thoughts maybe on that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I also love on this track, and there's a couple other times that he does it in the series, there's kind of this folk quality to, to the melody too. Cool. Well, I mean, that makes me very curious to listen on for more. Well, let's do it. This next title is the only one I had really um, completely been familiar with. I've been a fan of this PC-98 score for a long time. Uh, Toho 5, I think the the actual title, so you can guys get a sense of what the titles are. I think this is called Toho Kaikidan Mystic Square. Uh, and again, this came out for the PC-98. It's actually the last PC-98 track on our playlist today before we move into the future. This is Dimension of Reverie. rocking very emotional and get used to that too there's a lot of emotion that zun puts in his into his music this is dimension of reverie one of my favorites from toho 5 again the real name of this title which we're not going by these full names today toho kaikidan mystic square all right will what are your thoughts wow i'm man i really am fascinated by this because (laughs) this track to me in terms of my nostalgia factor is very classic i distinctly remember hearing it yeah when we've played it before so it has it puts me to that place of like i don't know discovering great turbo graphics or pc88 like it puts me in that sort of nostalgic headspace of going down the rabbit hole of like that's really cool you know man. the kind of game music you loved as a kid you know there's this whole other world of composers and uh, you know tracks in that style that you've never Truly. heard before and so this puts me in mind of of that where now it's like the early years of this podcast i have tremendous nostalgia for just in my life i'm glad that you brought that up because that's definitely the case with me i consider this track an, a classic and, and i think that's silly i don't think it's one of the more popular tracks from the series or even games from the series but for me really for whatever good. reason i just oh i love this track it's really emotional and 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 yeah there's there's someone was saying that there's some similarities maybe in more recent titles uh to the kirby series and i think energy wise and tempo wise I think we're going to hear that today. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good point. I also think that um, one of the reasons why this sounds so classic is because the melody is frankly uh, con- constructed of these sort of uh, musical phrases that are a bit cliche. They're a bit like 
very familiar the shape of it the specific notes like it it very much evokes many other tracks from game music yeah but it puts them together in a unique way that gives it its own identity in my opinion i love that track (laughs) well this is so interesting now we're moving away from that nostalgic to us system uh the rest of the music i think is pc titles and again uh you could consider this will kind of like indie games self-published uh space shooter games and since zun is for the most part doing all this stuff himself including music I think, you know, we might be able to give a pass at some of the production quality or the the sound of of this music. So we're going to move on to Toho 6. And apparently this is one of the most popular and beloved tracks in the series. Um, So it'll be interesting to see our thoughts on it. It's called UN Owen Was Her? Question mark. Here we go. guys listening to UN Owen was her which I'm told again thank you to Matsu Kubi and Grimkin I'm told this is one of the most popular uh, tracks in the series and I can see why it's incredibly unique this is this is a good track I'm a fan of it I like how it starts out in five and then eventually goes into four it's weird and quirky Will I did want to ask you one question were you hearing some of the things I was hearing uh, some rhythmic quirks like some quantization issues and rhythms that were earlier delayed were you hearing some of that yeah i think to me i i read some of the weird oddities as very intentional and not Mm. kind of like like mistake quirks to me they sounded like just very progressive open-minded chaotic bombastic (laughs) like well that's cool seriously it gives me the feeling of like danny elfman's score where it's just like it's it's quirky and odd and a little irreverent yeah. and um, bizarre. And I think what's interesting is, to me, as I get older, I think I I more appreciate music like this that is less traditional and less uh, idiomatic, because I think I found that as I get older, it's so much harder to have a unique, distinct kind of quirky voice and survive into adulthood without all the pressures of life kind of forcing you into some kind of contrived pattern and so when someone can just be this exuberant it's really charming to me and i really admire it well will i'm glad you brought that up and i think that is one reason why this series has become so beloved and popular over the years you know when the fan base was was growing and growing 
the reason why I think it, it stayed around is because Zune has such a specific style that has not changed. Right. Like whether you're listening to Toho 4 or Toho 15, um, it's still the same guy, the same basic energy and style. And I think that's one reason for its success. And I think that's kind of cool. Well, I also think the thing, the thing that we so often forget as musicians is like, when you think of some of your favorite filmmakers, it's partially because of their, I don't want to say flaws, but their imperfections that make Quirks, their style maybe. and make them lovable. Or you think of mm-hmm. a stand-up comedian where it's like they, they might be very self-critical or they might have aspects of their personality that are kind of dark or ugly, but almost sometimes that's what we love about them. And I think sometimes in music, we so we forget that and we feel like everything needs to be perfect and polished and I need to show how amazing I am. Yeah. But sometimes I do think people really connect to an artist who isn't afraid of showing their vulnerabilities and some of their imperfections because I think it makes us feel like we can relate to their humanity and you have, you have a fondness for them, imperfections and all, much like we do real people in our lives. I think that's very true. Well, um, again, I did say before, but we don't have time to play something from every single entry in the series. And so there are some gaps today. Uh, in addition to that, um, I might be a little biased here, but we're playing multiple tracks today from seven as well as eight. I thought that musically those were the best two scores. Um, and so I thought it just they warranted uh, playing more music because there were just really good tracks from them. So uh, we're going to have quite a few from seven here. Let's start off with a track called The Fantastic Tales from Tono from Toho 7 by Zun. Here we go. You guys are listening to the fantastic tales from Tono. I think that's what it's called, not Toho. Uh, from Toho Seven is what we're calling it. Um, this is cool. I love uh, Toho Seven. I think it's maybe my favorite score in the series. It's kind of tied for eight. Eight might have the best music uh, from what I've heard, but there's a quirk. There's a pretty glaring quirk. We'll get to that <laughs> when we get to eight. That held it back a little bit for me. However, yeah, this is really good. What I like about this track is it has what some other tracks have surprising key changes it's something that zune can do even if he doesn't want to write a single note more of music he can take everything and pitch it up a half step or a whole step and he can add some surprise and some uh, you know further emotion and so he's not afraid to do that 
Yeah, this is really delightful stuff here today. It's it's so quirky. It's uh, it's I mean, super quirky. It's quirky too, also because you know these sounds are not polished by today's standards, uh, but they also <laughs> they're so off the wall. In they they have this a personality definitely isn't to lazy them, music. They? That's that's the thing that I I want to say is like sometimes when we're critical of a piece of music, it's because it feels like it wasn't really. It wasn't worked on carefully, or it wasn't, like, not much time or thought was put into it. But whatever your opinions of this Toho music, I really don't think you can say something like that at all. Because there's so much more happening here than needs to be. So if someone was just kind of like, I need some music that can go in here and is kind of filler. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. They wouldn't write stuff that is this off the wall, constantly (laughs) changing instruments and sounds and styles and keys, and it's like... Like, my reaction effort. when I listen to this music, uh, this is my feeling that I get. I get the sense that Junya Ota has a lot of excitement and energy when he sits down to write a piece of music and a lot of creativity. And so there's some wonderful ideas, but I get the sense that there wasn't a lot of revisions. I, I can't imagine him going back and like fine tuning. It seems to me like it was more of just, this is his instincts. These are the first ideas he had. Yeah. And I'm not saying he rushed any of these tracks, but I really do get the sense that he was kind of leading with his instincts and in that overall sense of energy and just kind of not looking back. That's the sense I get from this music hmm. for better or for worse. I wonder, I, I think that's certainly possible, but I also think it's possible that I think part of it is like in something that you and I can't relate to, uh, or we can to some degree, because I think when we've done concept albums or worked on other projects, but I, I do think there's something when you're making the game and then you're making the music to the game and all the art you sort of have it in a gut level understanding of what's the energy that I want to have here and I think sometimes but, like but Will wouldn't wouldn't you say that he had no choice to do that if he is doing everything for these games and he's put out 17 and a half of them he he has to do that there's no way he would be able to to go slow and methodical with this stuff there, there's just absolutely well, no I, way I, I think there's there's maybe a difference between slow and methodical and kind of non-revise i do think part of it though is like i've noticed this when talking to directors or any of the game developers that we've worked with that like there's usually the valence of like communicating where it's like they have to give you what's the energy what's the mood they want and maybe sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like sharing a million reference tracks or temping the score with something specific or he's not wasting that that, end up being unhelpful yeah but also i think he knows like i want energy here and it's mm-hmm. like sometimes if you say that to a composer they might interpret it in a different way where i think for how quirky this is whether it was done quickly or not it's such a specific yeah, it really idea matter. that seems like it was inspired by the project i imagine it came from what he wanted man he loves his shredding pianos <laughs> doesn't he and get used to that sound okay let's play another track from seven this is doll judgment the girl who played with people's shapes
You guys are listening to Doll Judgment from Toho 7, and man, it's such unique music. This is a really standout track. Uh, I love how dark it is. On our playlist, there's not a lot of other tracks quite like this, and so I think it had an interesting spot um, for that reason. But yeah, I mean, Zun, I mean, you can criticize. There are people that could definitely criticize this music. There's, To be honest, there's things I would criticize about it. Um, but the one thing that I think we can all agree on is that Zun is a man of creativity and excitement and energy. I mean, there's so many ideas, even just with the music today. We're not talking about these games at all. The music has so much creativity and so many ideas blowing past you. Sometimes too much, maybe. <laughs> um, but you just you have to revel in that. You have to be impressed by that. I think that's a really interesting point. And I think it gets back to what we were talking about earlier, which is that someone can be flawed and perfect at the same time. And it's like this music, yes, if you ask me to give critique, I could, I could have plenty of things that I wouldn't do or that I don't totally know work but, but I, I kind of like me, that he does it I, I feel like I'm looking at you know like a beautiful stallion running freely and I'm like not judging <laughs> it and telling That's it awesome. what to do I'm just so admiring the the, the bravery the you're admiring the you're admiring Zune for what Zune is and you don't want to change love Zune, Zune honestly <laughs> here's the thing about Zune is like tell me if you had a chance to like play in a band with him you wouldn't like adore that opportunity <laughs> to like jam with him and hear his weird quirky mind and like i just i i want yeah. i picture him as like a fred armison character from and that kind of makes sense there's there's apparently a lot of remixes and covers of this series music and so there's a lot of people that are probably daydreaming of doing that <laughs> but like i picture zune as being like a really weird like british 90s like alternative artist who has like experimental ideas and that's funny He's i, not, I just picture it like a, i know but i picture like a fred armison character oh, that's amazing of kind of like or a, yeah. a little bit like bjork or something like just like having weird ideas <laughs> let's move on to the next track this is one of my favorites i really liked this one a lot it's called sakura sakura japanese or this is Japanese dream. I don't know if that's a translation issue. J-A-P-A-N-I-Z-E dream. In any case, let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Sakura Sakura, uh, Japanese or Japanese dream. Not going to get into why it's spelled that way. I don't know. 
don't really care. This is a really good piece of music. I love the bass when it comes in. Um, it's so cheesy. It's absolutely adorable. And if someone was mentioning there's some similarities to the Kirby series music, I totally get that because there's a charming, quirky, adorable quality that this music has. Well, it's very different, but not just Kirby, but speaking of other uh, Japanese game series, uh, <laughs> Castlevania. Yeah, what else? Oh, Castlevania. That sort of pivot tone. Yeah, that's what I think is fun is hearing possibly some of Zun's inspirations, other games and soundtracks that, that maybe he liked and wanted to incorporate some of that energy, even if it was subconscious. Uh, into this series and so we do hear some things we already talked about Falcom but yeah we hear some familiar things um, that he's kind of injecting but the way he puts it together is so different (laughs) man he loves piano I said this to Carl during the break but to me I feel so you know I, I don't follow a sports team I'm not a fan of like I I don't subscribe to the whole like fandom thing I don't feel like I'm like I would die for a, you know the Marvel series or like I'm gonna go see every Star Wars and I'm the bot like, I, so I don't feel like I, there's many like teams or clubs of that which I'm like loyal to, but I am loyal to the team of composers, many of them Japan Japanese or Japanese composers <laughs> that write this kind of rocking, poppy, melodic, VGM, infectious, melancholic. VGM, yeah. VGM music to me it's like if that's the battlefield you're gonna die on like you you are my brother Will has or your sister back. you're like yeah. you're part of my team so no I appreciate I that attitude speak especially today. against Zune because Zune is being Zune and who Zune is uh, <laughs> I'm I'm a fan of oh uh, let's move on uh, the next one we're gonna play from seven um, is called Bloom Nobly Ink Black Cherry Blossoms Border of Life of course. To say this is a quirky track is an understatement. You guys are listening to Bloom Nobly dot 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 from Toho 7. Um, but it's so emotional. I just couldn't resist playing, you know, we're playing five tracks from 7 today. I really couldn't resist that. I was very impressed with 7 and 8. And to me, um, I thought that they, they were kind of maybe the peak of creativity, at least musically. Um, for, for this composer I just and again it's not based on the sounds I mean these sounds are cheesy and there's so many weird things that he's doing in this track I mean what's going on with the kick drum it's like 
glitching out. It's like right. ridiculously fast to the point where it's like a buzzsaw. Uh, and this is this is one of many tracks that completely changes on a dime. And it almost like it's two pieces in one. Uh, there's some things that are very weird about it, but I do like it. I, I don't always know why I like this music, but I do. Well, here's the dilemma. To anyone who wants to appreciate art from the past, you're going to have to encounter aesthetic decisions and sort of cultural uh, period characteristics that either we don't do anymore for reasons of taste, for reasons of sensitivity or style. Uh, but I think it's like to be so sensitive to that that you're only listening to the whatever is in vogue now. You miss out on so much great artistic. Yeah, that's experience. definitely true. And so it's like, sure, this is cheesy, but you know what? I watched Ferris Bueller last night. That movie's cheesy. The music mm-hmm. to that movie is cheesy, but it's great. We love it and embrace it for what it is. And if you can't get past that, yeah, you you discard. Yeah, you do have to kind of embrace the, the aesthetic the past. of this because um, it is specific. Now, Will, I have to ask you a question. What do you think of these really interesting, I think they're charming, but silly uh, synth trumpet uh, sounds that not only we hear in this track, we're actually going to hear it a lot today. Some people in the fans of the series affectionately call them Zunpets. Uh, It's that kind of synth trumpet sound that apparently he really likes and he uses in a lot of games. What are your thoughts on it? I think it's adorable that it has a cute name like that. Um, I will be. I will say, after what I had just said about you know you do appreciate cheesiness of the past. I don't like it. I think it's really cheesy. Uh, and I, the thing is, I'm not going to defend that as much because mm-hmm. to me, it's like the the bad sounding samples or like the you know kind of cheesy aesthetic. It's like that just comes with you know what are you going to do? But. Yeah some of these choices that Zune makes, and I guess it's less the trumpets, but it's more just like the really odd, it basically sounds like one track stops and another begins. Uh-huh. Again, to reference Fred Armisen, it's like Polynesian Nightmare from the <laughs> Jens Hanneman. Like, it's just like bizarre musical choices that, you know, I can't quite defend that it works or like the the choices there because I don't think it really works and it's not like the most subtle thing ever. But it's yeah. also not like, oh, that was the 90s or, or oh, that was the 80s. Everyone was doing X. It's like no one other than Zune would have done that. But again, I love me some Zune. I like <laughs> he's he's my brother. I'm like I'm I'm totally a fan of the creativity, even if not me every too. track totally works for me. The last track we're going to play from Seven is called The Capital City of Flowers in the Sky.
very pretty track. You guys are listening to the capital city of flowers in the sky. Thanks to all the Toho fans for um, sticking with me and letting me play so much from Seven. I It just really was a special score to me, and I just felt this extra sense of emotion um, that I might not have felt in a lot of the others, and so that's maybe the reason why we focus so much on that. But that's the last one we're doing from Seven. Um, yeah, this, I don't want to give it away, but this one has a quirk to it that I want to talk about when we move to eight, um, because eight, uh, was a score that had this very strange quirk to it, um, that I'm in, in, uh, interested to, to discuss. But in any case, let's, let's not talk about that. Let's just talk about this music. I, I was very impressed by this track. It, it seems like a very special piece of music. Like it, um, I should look on the spreadsheet to see what the context is while you give your, your thoughts, Will. But yeah, I, I like this one a lot. In the words of the immortal Jeff Garland, this is a big bowl of delightful. <laughs> uh, I really love this. It's just melodically, I think it's really strong, actually. I, I, and, and like it has that Japanese quality of a real sensitivity to specific melodic pitches. Um, it's really catchy and... There, again, quirky choices, bizarre, you know, harmonic shifts, sidestepping. Indeed. But, you know, that's also part of progressive music. It's like in th- those are things that we praise in other contexts. I think this is just a unique mixture because it's so poppy and in this like 80s well, yeah, power it's, rock idiom. There's an emotion. And so I'm reading the context here. It's the stage four theme. And Kubi wrote that uh, he thinks this is one of the best songs in the series. But the stage apparently also has some of the best visuals in the series. And one of the cool things that happens because it's an on-rail shooter is the visuals sometimes sync up uh, to the music in a nice way. And, and I, that makes a lot of sense, you know, listening to this. There's, there's something a little bit more emotional about this track than, than a lot of the others. I, I, I really liked it, so I'm glad that we were able to have that little focus on Seven. What do you say, Will? Should we move on to the next title we're talking about today? Yeah, let's do it. And we happen to be moving on to this week's Track of the Week. Okay, this is Toho 7.5, um, and I can look up again on the spreadsheet a little bit more context. I want to say this is a fighting game. I think the .5 games are spin-off games. Uh, they're kind of part of this umbrella, but they're kind of not. I believe this was composed by Zun and or Uni Akiyama. Maybe both of them. Uh, it's called Dance of Witches, and I thought it was the strongest track that I listened to. Um, I'm a big fan of it. Excited to get Will's thoughts on it. Let's take a listen to Dance of Witches from Toho 7.5.
You guys are listening to a delightful piece of music. It's so different. Um, apologies for picking this for track of the week. It's not emblematic of Toho Project music, but I love it. It's Dance of Witches, uh, composed either by Zune or Uni Akiyama. Now I'm looking up a little bit about this. The real name of this is uh, Tohu Soimoso Immaterial and Missing Power. And yes, it is a versus fighting game. So it's kind of a spin-off game in the Toho universe. Um, I know it's not going to be a lot of other people's choice of track of the week, but I just thought this was a really strong piece of music. I completely agree. Uh, it's it's very strong. It's very different from what we've heard, but uh, very interestingly um, in sort of this classical folk idiom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has a lot of the characteristics of Zune, which is high energy, quite a lot of notes, um, <laughs> and a, a little spirit of, of quirk, of kind yeah. of moments of surprise. But what's cool is here, those moments of, are, of surprise are... Are, are couched in a specific folk idiom. And what you know what that makes me realize is the fact that he can have those moments of surprise without breaking the style shows yeah. to me that all of those things, like the weird key changes and the odd meter things, aren't a result of him you know, not knowing what he's doing. They're the mm. result of him having very specific taste. And it's that that's why the interesting thing about music is that it's so subjective that two people can listen to something and one person can say, that doesn't make sense. And the other person can say, but I understand it. It's like, it, that it makes sense to me. Neither of yep. them are, are wrong. Um, and so I think there's like, there isn't always a right answer in these things. I think it's very similar to how you and I used to not like Uematsu because I think we were trying to put his music in a different kind of framework and in a different it made box, no sense yeah. in that framework. But when you look at it for what it is, you realize it's Well, I think you bring up brilliant. a good point. I think some of the choices and some of the tracks would not have survived if it was someone else's game or if he had to collaborate with more people and get more people's opinions people to sign off. I think some of the quirk comes from the fact that this is one person doing everything and it's someone who might appreciate a, a certain type of quirk and maybe someone else doesn't. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Music is so subjective. Art is subjective. This music today is very subjective and I'm sure there's some of you really loving it today. Maybe there's some of you that aren't. I'm curious to hear everyone's thoughts. Um, but yeah, I particularly liked that track a lot. I know it's a weird choice for track of the week. Let's move on. We're going to play three tracks from Toho 8. And let me just give the full name here just for you fans here. Toho Aiyasho Imperishable Night. Now, I want to talk about a really strange and mystifying quirk from Toho 8. It seems to me um, that... Zun forgot to add bass to this entire score. Maybe he was trying an approach of what happens if I don't have bass. I have no idea. But there's no bass in this score from the tracks that I heard. Interesting. And Matsu was nice enough to point me to the original MIDI files that almost all versions of the score use that data. And there's no bass there either. Um, so it's really weird. Um, so we're going to start off by playing a track. And you guys will kind of hear what I'm talking about. Um, but it's it's more more noticeable than some of the other ones. This is Love Colored Master Spark. Here we go.
The Zun Pets are back, folks. This is Love Colored Master Spark. Of course it's by Zun. It's from Toho 8. It's adorable, and it's so weird. And I don't know what happened to the bass on the score. Uh, this one, you don't notice it that much because the guitar is more present. Um, and there's other synths that are, you know, have a decent amount of body to them. So I would say that with this one, you don't quite notice it. I think subconsciously, though, the thing I noticed was, huh, something, something's missing. Yeah, well, certainly something is missing here. Uh, <laughs> it, what, what's fascinating is, like, this is the kind of arrangement where it sounds like you keep waiting for the bass to drop. Exactly. That it's, like, that it's almost like we're going through a prolonged period of... It's like in an orchestra piece where you have, you know, uh, a, a quite long stretch of bars that's just sort of a woodwind feature. Where, you know, yeah. you, that feeling of getting small so that you can expand and get bigger again. So much of pop music production is based around those kind of... The duality of that. It's the same thing as having a really aggressive high-pass filter or even mm-hmm. like a radio filter or any of the things we do to try to have the like 2D to 3D or black and white to color kind of effect but this piece of music is unsuccessful in that because the color never arrives it just sort of stays in this limited sonic i would be so curious to find out what it was this intentional was this a choice was this an oversight did he forget about it was it something you know here's the thing when you're not and not to say that you have to be trained in music but sometimes you know studying music formally it does help to set up some of the rules like when i make a piece of music there's no way i would ever forget bass that's like one of the essential you know nutrients of any piece of music and so i find it so interesting that on this entire score he just did he forget the bass the thing the thing that we have to acknowledge is that you really can't have a piece of music that there's two things when we say bass there is there is a a bass note happening you know there's there's a bass instrument like an upright bass a double bass a synth bass a tuba um but there's the function of a a bass voice in harmony in arranging we definitely get impossible to have a piece of music without a lowest voice we just don't get the instrument (laughs) yeah we don't get the instrument but in addition to all those things we also don't get the bass frequencies when you look at frequency spectrum i mean most of us know when you know adjusting dials on you know a home theater system or in your car you know you have treble mid bass that's sort of what we're talking about that the 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 frequencies that artists and producers would talk about in terms of eq or compression that the idea of low frequencies or even on an amp you know the lows the mids the highs we're getting very little of bass frequencies of any kind and i wonder if that's maybe more of a game purpose maybe it was trying to not have it get in the way of the sound effects who knows and the the one point that i want to make is oftentimes when we're listening to like turbo graphics music for instance or game boy music for instance a lot of times we don't get that function of real bass frequencies if there are no samples if it's just a noise channel honestly the noise is across all uh frequencies but in terms of those crappy little speakers, you're hearing no bass. And that's why so right. many of the bass voices are an octave or two above where an actual double bass would play them because they just wouldn't 
come out at the on end of the day I, we don't know what the reasoning for this but i find it interesting now we're going to move on to the next track from toho 8 now i want you guys to bear with us i did something a lot of, little interesting i particularly loved this track and i was so sad that there was no bass it really was holding it back to me so Ma, uh, matsu was able to hook me up with the the midi of this track and so i was able to you know get the tempo and everything and i just added a bass to this that's all i did i kept the track exactly the same and i just added bass to it so i'm calling this carl's remix of maiden's capriccio dream battle let's take a listen You guys listening to Maiden's Capriccio or Capriccio Dream Battle. This is Carl's remix. Uh, I basically just added bass to it. If you want to hear the original, definitely look it up um, and you can hear how different it sounds. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I was curious to do that. I had a good time doing it and hopefully you guys don't mind a little bit of that taste. We have one more eight track after which again has no bass so we can go back to that sound. So maybe you can A-B that a little bit but in any case, let's just talk about this this composition. I love this track because it has so many of the characteristics um, of this series. Key changes, uh, surprising changes, musical form changes, you know, shredding piano arpeggios throughout the entire thing. There's a classical influence to this, but it's also classic VGM. It's just great. I agree. It's uh, There's quite a lot of notes. I feel a little bit like the king from Amadeus. Uh, there's too many <laughs> notes. Too many uh, notes. But it's. It, it, I think this is a great piece of music. I think it's very high energy. I think we mm-hmm. struggle a little bit with context today because so much of this music occupies a very similar energy. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it, it, when, when creating an album or... Uh, kind of programming music for a concert or uh, writing or choosing kind of the scope of songs in a musical or a musical review, oftentimes you want to think about balance, low energy, high energy, a mix of major, minor, a mix of soft and loud, a mix of solo features and ensemble features. You want to have a variety of style to keep 
the in to keep honestly the audience like pacified and engaged but i think a bigger thing is to put all of the music in a context where it feels fresh and I think part of the problem with an episode like today is we've just heard so much of this high energy music that it's sort of just we're numb to it a little I bit. I don't know if that was the goal for this playlist. I think a lot of these tracks are boss themes. I know this track is a boss theme. It's the stage 4A boss theme. And so, yeah, it's possible that maybe I could have went out of my way to try to have more variety. Um, I just tried to pick the best music that I could find from from this master playlist that was put together. But in any case, yeah, it's a great piece of music. Let's move on to one more from Toho 8. Um, this is Voyage 1970. Let's take a listen. You guys listening to Voyage 1970, uh, this is composed by Zun, real name of Junya Ota, um, and the real name of this game is Toho Ai Ayashu, Imperishable Night. And, okay, there's a reason why I added bass to that Maiden's Capriccio track, um, is because I thought that was an example where, to me, it was egregious and, and, and particularly strange to not have it for that style. For that love colored, um, and for this, you could make an argument of not having bass here. There, there's something interesting about having this energetic and kind of electronic vibe track. This is a final boss theme. This is apparently the last phase of the of the final boss battle. Um, but to have something intentionally uh, subdued maybe about it to not have that low end there is there is an interesting emotion you get from that so that's that's why I, I found this so interesting I completely agree I you know in this is an area in which I have particularly had a little bit of back and forth in terms of opinions on uh, so much of the conventional wisdom around music today needs to be challenged because we live in a time that's it's like we live in the post postmodern era where it's like we have basically every genre of music that's ever existed at our disposal in terms of mm -hmm. something we'd be exposed to. We've never had a more ubiquitous abundance of tools to make music of all these different styles. It's very overwhelming. And I think there are a lot of conventional rules of people trying to take all music and distill it to certain principles. You always got to start with bass and have a groove and then this and that, or, you know, every piece 
piece of music needs a this part and a this part and a that part. Or there's these certain rules that it's like they might apply to 99% of things, but there's always going to be that, you know, 1% that is valid yeah, that's and why salient I find and eight worth exploring. So fascinating is I think there are examples when it definitely works, you know, to, to not have the base. And I would say Voyage 1970 is one of those. But I would also say that, uh, you know, that Maiden track, to me, it just really did not work. It literally felt like it was muted to me. It felt like, wait, where's the bass channel? Did someone mess it up or forget? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. And I mean, I think sometimes I really like the sound of not too much bass in a piece of music. I like hmm. the sound of bass, the, a, a bass voice the being, a, being a melody. Um, I think that doesn't happen nearly as often as it could. It's an incredibly powerful tool. And again, yeah. it's a spicy sauce that's not for every soup. But yeah, it, it's like, man, I, I especially notice that I feel like when working for games or any kind of media, it's a really powerful tool to remember that your melody can be the bass voice. You want a great example? Super Mario Brothers, the castle theme. Well, It's mm-hmm. such an unsettling quasi atonal piece of music if you look at what that like right hand arpeggiated it has almost no harmonic relationship to the in the whole thing is so vague and it also like drops a couple bars at the end for the loop we've talked about that but i think a big thing of what makes that piece so unsettling is the fact that the melody is in the bass and anytime we can do that it's definitely a technique that it does not get used very often. Yeah. And so that was cool. We were able to explore that a little bit with eight. Let's move on to nine now. This is an interesting piece of music. It's it's a little on the repetitive side, um, but I thought it was still solid. This is Flowering Night from Toho Nine. Unique piece of music. This is Flowering Night from Toho 9. I, I love to hear Zun's dabbling in classical music. I mean, going with these classical instruments here, um, you can tell that he was trying to evoke some of that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just classic Toho music, too. You know, it's very right. rocking and energetic. And, yeah, this is this is kind of an interesting uh, track. It, it's, like I said, it's it's repetitive, and there's it, it's a very simple piece of music. But, um... I think there's maybe more than meets the eye to this one. I completely agree. Uh, this is a very interesting example. Uh, I made the joke with Carl. I guess he remembered to put bass in this one, but it, <laughs> it's like the plot thickens. It's like, okay, so you know that this is a useful tool. Uh, it, this is the thing I love about Zun, though, is that yeah. there's something playful 
about his irreverence for our expectations. Yeah, and I would agree. I, that's something I really get about his personality that I just I admire because this music is not this is not atonal hogwash that's like hard to listen to. This is poppy, catchy, pop high energy game music. Popcorn if there ever music, was yeah. popcorn music, but yeah. to do popcorn music in such a bold and outrageous style in weird I admire. Way, yeah but i think the weirdness. thing is is it's like so much of taste is subjective because if i were to relate this to a movie i would relate it to like thor ragnarok you know this is not a movie that's going to be winning oscars this is not like a movie that uh, a, a lot of critics could potentially be critical of it, but it's so kind of high energy and colorful and all these things. Now, the ironic thing for me is I really don't like Thor Ragnarok. I don't like a lot of the Marvel <laughs> movies for some of the same reasons that certain musicians might not like Zun. It's like there, there doesn't seem to be, you don't always feel like you're in good hands of someone who knows how to tell a good story and have characters that are interesting. And if someone could say something about that, about this music, music and I would sort of hear where they're coming from the difference to me though is like when a piece of music generates this much energy I think I'm physically helpless yeah but it's like I get captured in it the way that like if a movie is poorly written it doesn't matter what the special effects or the score or anything is doing it's like I'm not captivated by it if I'm not captivated by it but music, yeah, I think I, I would agree with you I mean, in my opinion I think there's some percentage of an undeniable quality, physical quality to this music that I think most people would respond to. And on top of that, it's going to be very subjective. But yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, this this is very energetic, blood pumping music. Also, I got to say, I like that melody. I mean, it's like we talked about the Kirby it's kind of an series, earworm, but yeah. that's kind of a, a Kirby melody, just arranged very yeah. differently. Let's move on to Toho 10. The real title is Toho Fuji Naroku Mountain of Faith. Um, we're going to play one track from it. It's called Faith is for the Transient People. You guys listening to faith is for the transient people i think a lot of these titles were translated um and so that's why some of them are kind of silly sounding this is from the 10th main entry toho 10 and we are going to be skipping around uh you know as we close out the episode we can't play something from every title but i listened to a lot and you know some of our wonderful discord members prepared a lot of great 
picks uh, from the series that I listen to. And it's a unique series. I mean, I have more of an appreciation of it now and an understanding of it now than I think I did before. There's still a little bit of a head-scratching quality with like, oh, really? So this series is incredibly beloved and popular, huh? huh? It's like, I get it, but I also kind of still am a little bit mystified. Yeah. Man, I, I, I'm really digging this today. I, I feel like I've been having a lot of deep thoughts on this podcast the last few weeks. And what's yeah, interesting about today's episode is I feel a little less philosophical. And I think it's because maybe this music isn't necessarily... Um, it, it's not the kind of thing I think I really would want to write. That doesn't mean I don't like it. It definitely doesn't mean I don't respect it. Mm-hmm. Because I think what I'm going through today is like... Again, like I said, I feel like Zune is like... I'm on the same team as him. Like, we're both on some level have very similar values in terms of like what's important about a piece of music and and who is it for and i think that's probably the areas in which zune and i uh would very much agree i think yeah. everything else has to come down to taste experience and a lot of that is it, it is sub, it is subjective um even if sometimes it's not always framed as subjective a lot of mm-hmm. times it's framed as like this is correct and the more training you get the more uh you would probably not tend to write things with these kinds of choices but i do think it's worthwhile to touch base with music that isn't and again i don't want to over romanticize this and and call it it's like oh it's non-traditional man because it's like that doesn't necessarily mean good Mm -hmm. uh but I, i do think it is important to occasionally check in with music that um doesn't follow all the rules because occasionally yeah, I hear what you're we saying, might dude. find something here or there that will be like you know what i want to try that like maybe this wasn't successful but there's room yeah, I, for growth here i think you're so right i think the toho series music by zune is very inspirational in an odd way i mean it's it's unlikely, but yeah, there is something about the energy and just the undeniable charm and uniqueness that Zun has that, at least to me and I think to you, we're appreciating. And and I'm very well aware that there are going to be people that might not appreciate it as much. Yeah, I think that's true. But I mean, a lot to learn, I think. Let's move on to one of my favorites of the day. This is from Toho 11. It's called Hartman's Yokai Girl. guys are listening to the very progressive Hartman's Yokai Girl. Definitely a boss theme. 
It looks like this is the theme of extra stage boss from this game. Um, yeah, it's it's super weird. I mean, there's really no way around this. This is a very weird piece of music. The meter stuff is just one of the many ways, the, the instrument choices. I mean, almost everything about this is going 10 out of 10 in the weird factor. Very true, dude. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not crazy about this one. Uh, yeah, this is not one of Will's favorites. I just don't think it's super successful in terms of a lot of the things that we've talked about on today's episode that we've praised. To me, this is an example of those of some of the things that the other music wasn't, which this doesn't feel very cared for, and this doesn't feel like a lot of time was spent on it. Not to say that I don't like any of it. Uh, I do think the later section that gets a little more melodic and heartfelt, I think there's strong material there. Again, it features some yeah, that of was my favorite great part. key changes and mm-hmm. you know arrangement colorfulness. But to me, it, it's really important um, how you start a piece of music and your first impression. And to me, this piece of music has sort of a, it's a jarring piece of music. tactless introduction that's that's it just it turns up to 11 too quickly and it doesn't feel like it, like a lot of the marvel movies to me i don't feel like i'm in good hands and so that's i'm less open to the things of it that are artful there are moments of this track that were so different and striking to me that i really liked and i really made a note of and, and to me it, it felt like a standout piece of music for whatever reason but yeah i, I agree that there's there's jarring moments too and and like a lot of the music, there's not there's plenty of criticisms I would have. I mean, there's things about it that that I think are flawed, but there's things about it that I like, and I think maybe that's kind of why it's perfect Toho music, right? Is because well, and that's part of the thing. It's like that's I think we we need to be more comfortable with that in music. That I, again, and I think part of the problem is as a composer and as someone who's like trying to get better and write stuff. Sometimes I think we look at a piece of music that isn't successful is like, oh, it's a failure. It's bad. Like, let's throw it in the trash. But it's like, there's a real value to flawed art. You know, you could even make the value or you could even make the case that there's more value to flawed art. Well, you can learn to, more maybe from it. You can learn a lot, but also you might have the taste for it. You know, you might enjoy watching a movie from a writer who's kind of a screw up from someone whose perspective isn't philosophically pure. I think some of us really relate to that feeling of being imperfect. And I think that's why so many aesthetic you know, think about how many genres of music become are born out of the idea of leave in the breath noise, leave in the fret noise, leave in the out of tune. Right, and note. then also how fitting is it because this is a series of self-published, for the most part, one-man games. Right. You know, this, these are not AAA games, and so I think it makes a lot. That context makes a lot of sense. I totally hear what you're saying, Will. So, guys, today we are skipping a little bit now. We don't have time to to play a lot of the stuff from the more modern entries. I want you to remember that we played in with a track from Toho 16. We're playing out with a track from Toho 15. So keep that in mind. But other than that, we're now going to be jumping to Toho 17. So we're jumping quite a bit here. Let's play a track. It's called Entrusting This World to Idols, Idolatries, <laughs> Idolatries World. Here we go.
You guys are listening to Entrusting This World to Idols. Idolatrize World? Don't know what that word is. This is from Toho 17. Um, I found Speaking it so of fascinating. Idols, uh... <laughs> yeah, Will brought something up when when this track was playing that would be fun to touch on. But I just I found it so fascinating that over the years, in some ways nothing's changed in Zun's music, and then in other ways there have been some changes. But yeah, yeah I, I mean track. I think it, it just like with any artist, you know, you, you listen to Paul McCartney's album from the '80s, it's not going to sound like his album today. Yeah, but there'll be certain things that it's like Paul is Paul. He has his soul. He has his certain tendencies, the things he's both aware and unaware of. But there's also, like, he can't control what recording music is like in the 80s right. versus... And he also can't control what recording music is like in 2019 uh, or 2021 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think that uh, this music is very strong. There's I like the Zunpets. <laughs> you gotta love the Zunpets. <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely like this better than the previous track. Uh, to me, this yeah. has all of the charming characteristics of Zun's music that I think people are just so fond of. And yeah. I completely understand. It's rich, it's harmonically daring, but it's also comfortable. It's like yeah. it's in a style with melodic rhythms and gestures and chords that all feel very satisfying, triumphant, and here's a big thing we haven't talked about empowering the so much of this game music is strong because it's empowering you it's empowering the player yeah. in your action and unlike film music which is m more meant to create a mood for the viewer this is meant to actually influence your decision making which will in turn change the course well, of to the keep game you itself. going i mean these are bullet hell shoot 'em ups and so these are very difficult can be frustrating games and so music is so important for these games now we're going to move on here this is the last track of the day other than our playout, and it's actually one of my favorites of the day i'm glad that i think matsu uh, added this to the, the the master spreadsheet this is a redone version of a track we've heard there was a track from eight called love colored master spark this is a redone version of it from Toho 17.5, but it's so different. It really elevates it. I think this is one of my favorites of the day. It just sounds really good, and I think that's because this was arranged by someone else. And so I guess we could say maybe composed partially by Zun, arranged by Shun Daiman. Uh, this is from 17.5. Let's take a listen to Love Colored Master Spark. You guys listening to Love Colored Master Spark. 
It's a redone version from Toho 17.5. This is by Zun as well as Shun Daiman. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. This was a different episode, and it was long overdue. I hope all you Toho fans enjoyed our take on this music. Uh, we're not familiar with it, but we really, we really enjoyed it. I don't know. I think there's something very special about this composer. Very unique style, and kind of this ability to just be himself and to just press on and not be worried <laughs> about about being perfect. Uh, you know, it's just. Everyone has a unique voice, and it seems like Zone is excited to just share his with the world. I completely agree. This was a very fun episode. Uh, it, it's different than one we've done in a while, but in the same ways, I feel like it's in a, a, a recent string of uplifting, positive episodes. Episodes yes. that, that make us feel good and give us a little bit of hope for where we are and, and the future as well, which is, I think, something that we all are really craving these days. And I totally um, agree. I'm personally feeling happy. Like at the time of recording, yesterday was my last day of classes for my first year of grad school. So I feel so relieved to be finished with that because that was an insane amount of work. Um, you got the summer now to look forward, forward to. to. Yeah, a great summer. I have my wedding coming up. Uh, and now it's like looking at, in Minnesota at least, um, some of the mask requirements are going down. Um, there's a lot of positive things on the horizon, so I'm I'm feeling very optimistic and, and good about the future. I want to go see some stand-up comedy. I want to go <laughs> hear some live music. Live music for I wanna sure. Want to go theater. Yeah. I'm excited about all of it. Yeah, it's going to be a good summer. I have a feeling. Um, we're going to play you guys out with a track from Toho 15. It's called Pure Furies or Furries. Pure Furries or Furies. I don't know. Whereabouts of the heart? Thank you, Zun, for your really unique and, and energetic and entertaining music. Thank you to Matsu, Kubi, and Grimkin for your help um, putting together this playlist. And thanks to everyone for listening. I think that's it. Uh, stay tuned for more details about my upcoming album, Wavemaker. I'm probably going to be having a listening party for that the night before release. So I'm releasing it on Friday, June 4th. And so I'm most likely going to be having a listening party for it on Thursday night, June 3rd. Stay tuned for more details. But I think that's about it. Should we get out of people's hair here, Will? Yeah, I'm excited. Pretty soon I'm going to have an upcoming album or maybe uh, several upcoming albums to announce. Very nice. Um, because I have sort of several projects that I've been cooking up for a long time that I'm waiting to reveal, but I'm not quite Very ready cool. yet. So, All right. Enjoy this track from Toho 15. That's it. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. Peace out.